0: Hello and welcome to the Subject to Improvement podcast. This is a podcast where I talk about the messy business of trying to be a better person, trying to unfuck situations we find ourselves in, and in some cases, how we can unfuck our lives and the messy business that goes along with that. Today's topic is one of my favorites, actually. It is revenge. Or honestly, what I should say is it's anti-revenge. So I. I am not, I sometimes describe myself to people as being kind of like an Olivia Pope, where I'm like spicy lawyer meets life coach. But the big difference between me and Olivia Pope, and honestly, I didn't watch the last few seasons of Scandal because I kind of lost interest when it got too crazy. But the big difference is that I do not break the law. I do not inflict harm on other people. That is not my jam. I do not believe that we get farther ahead in life by causing other people harm. And I certainly, it follows, therefore do not believe in revenge. And amongst other things, I like to keep my clients totally unimpeachable when we're working together, when we're unfucking their lives. And revenge is very, very impeachable for the record, like very impeachable. It is not advised. However, it is very important. And I can understand the temptation to want to get revenge because after you feel like someone's personally victimized you. I.e., Regina George from Mean Girls has personally victimized you. Of course, you're gonna wanna do something about that. You're gonna wanna take your power back. You're gonna want your agency. And one of the first things we do, because this is how we've actually been conditioned as a society, is we think, all right, I'm gonna make the other person pay for what they did. They're gonna suffer just as much as I did. Because in our heads, that's justice, right? Like in our heads, we're like, yeah that means we won't have taken it lying down and you know we're not the victim anymore. Yes, but no. Like that's one way to handle it. My suggestion would be that not being a victim, you know, if you can get yourself out of a victim mentality, that's awesome. But two wrongs don't make a right. I my experience lived and professional experience has been That when people try to get revenge, the situation almost always goes from terrible to fucking horrendous. Like it always goes from bad to worse. It is a terrible, terrible recipe. And the research actually backs that up, by the way, because the research shows that we like the thought of revenge. And of course we do, because that's what we see in stories and movies. But we don't actually like getting it as much as we like the thought of it. And that makes sense when you think about it, because often you'll feel guilty if you do get revenge and you cause harm to somebody else. But then there's also the component of you've now really just created an enemy and you're always going to be looking over your shoulder and you're never really going to be at peace because you will have potentially provoked a bear. And a lot of people, by the way, when they're dealing with toxic relationships are really, really worried about poking the bear. So they don't want to be a victim. They want it to stop. They would like to get some kind of justice in some way, you know, but revenge is not the way to do it. And they're just not sure how to unfuck their life from that situation. So I came up with what I am calling in my head, the anti-revenge strategy, or if we want to like totally take all negativity out of it, we can call it the comeback strategy or the ultimate happiness strategy. But there are three steps to getting the better of the situation. So most of the time, what my clients are looking for when I dig in and I'm like, all right, why do you want revenge? Like, what do you actually want? What do you want out of this situation? They don't want revenge. What they want can be summed up in really three three words, right? Success, happiness, and joy. And joy is not the same as happiness. I think of joy as being like happiness on steroids. Like, you know, you're just excited. You're thrilled. You have that like warm feeling in your heart that it's it's awesome. It's an awesome, awesome feeling. And by the way, the justice in this is that the people who've wronged you, like if someone has a tar- has put a target on your back for relational aggression, it's really going to piss them off if they know you're happy and they know they haven't been able to take you down. So there is a little bit of like social, you know, kind of, um, I, gosh, what's the term I'm looking for? Poetic justice. That's the term I'm looking for. Uh, so this will kind of get that justice. But what I am going to tell you is that by the time you're done creating your comeback, doing the anti-revenge, you're not going to give a shit what the other person's thinking because you will have moved on so far that they will be irrelevant. And that is a wonderful feeling that your life is so fulfilled that you're not worried about them anymore. So three things. Number one, we have to stop the victimization. We have to stop the bleed. Recently, I've been working with several clients who have toxic relationships. Now, sometimes these relationships are friendships. Sometimes they're intimate relationships. Sometimes they're familial relationships. But the clients understand, like they come to me because they're feeling really frustrated. They're feeling really constrained. Sometimes they're feeling really powerless to stop this bad behavior, or they just feel like, you know, they can't, these people are trashing their reputations and throwing them under the bus and they don't know what to do. And they're very, very much in victim mode at that point, because they're not really like, they're not seeing all the possibilities for them to get their power back. So what we have to do to get your power back is number one, stop the victimization. If somebody is being toxic towards you and that behavior is continuing, we have to stop it before we can do anything else. What does this look like? Okay. Sometimes it looks like having a boundary and Knowing how to enforce that boundary in a way that isn't going to aggravate the situation, but also isn't going to make you totally like contort yourself, like tie yourself in knots because you're worried about feeling guilty or you're worried about negative consequences, that type of thing. Sometimes it means you might need to correct the record. So if there's been a reputational issue and this person is like trying to take you down or steal your job or they're talking shit about you to your boss or something, you might need to look at some reputation rehab for that. Sometimes it also means honestly getting law enforcement involved and and getting lawsuits involved. And what I want to be clear on here is I'm not suggesting that you don't go and get compensation like if someone's wronged you and if it's an actionable wrong and what i mean by that is if we can bring a lawsuit then there are times when i will explore that idea with my clients and i'll connect them with attorneys and lawyers in their jurisdiction and 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 be there with them as they're exploring that because there is a component that can be very healing from litigation, but litigation can also be something that just keeps the pain ongoing. So it's something that has to be done, I think, um, with eyes wide open. But sometimes stopping that victimization does actually mean using, using legal recourses. And that's OK. The thing to remember, though, is that you will never take your power back if you allow the person to keep victimizing you. And in most cases, in most cases, and certainly the people that I that I see and coach, because I'm a coach, I'm not like I, I'm I'm not a cop, like I'm a coach, most of the cases that I see, especially when it deals with relational aggression, involve people who are have been stuck in the victim side of things for so long that they don't always see the avenues available to them for getting out of it. And those avenues are there. But sometimes they'll even gaslight themselves into thinking that those avenues are bad ideas or they, you know, they'll be afraid of of doing what any other human being would do just because the situation has been such a mind fuck for them. So it's super, super crucial that we move that I move, that my clients and I move them out of that victim mode. And honestly, when they show up and they're like, okay, I want revenge. There is a part of me that gets happier because I'm like, oh good. I would rather you be angry than feeling fearful or feeling like a victim. Obviously I don't want them to act out on that anger in non-productive ways, but it's better than feeling like the victim. It's better than feeling like you're in the fetal position and life is just kicking the shit out of you. I had somebody once describe to me as that transition of being almost like having a mosquito around your head, and you like put up with it and you're like, oh man, you know, like fuck life sucks. I've got this mosquito, and damn it, like I can't do anything about it. And then you reach the point where you're like, it's a fucking mosquito. I'm a human being. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swat it away. And that's that like transition of no, I'm not gonna take this anymore. Fuck you, go away, mosquito. And you know, that's done. So I I actually don't mind. When someone does come to me asking about revenge, because then I think, okay, that's great. At least now you've realized that the behavior that you've been tolerating for so long is unacceptable. And now you want to do something about it. And this, that you know, we're on step one of three is what I would propose that they do about it. Okay. The next step is to create a bigger and better version of your life, vision and version, but vision of your life than the one you're living now. Here's what's really interesting about this is that after people have been targets of relational aggression for so long, after they've been putting up with other people's bullshit for so long, they sometimes will like screw themselves out of the vision of the life that they want. Like they will sometimes have such a fucked up barometer for what they can do and what's available to them that even it can be so cool to sit there in session and say, you know, something like, why is that not possible for you? If it's possibly, I mean, it's possible, I see it, like, why is it not possible for you? And to see that like switch, you know, I'm snapping my fingers, like to see that switch and then go, oh yeah, I can totally do that is so amazing and powerful. And I've had clients who've completely transformed their lives in two sessions with me because we've started on this track. And this isn't a linear, you know, it's like step one, step two. But often they kind of overlap and and it's not it's not always a linear journey, but it's very cool to see them start to realize all of the opportunities that are available for them that they just weren't seeing before because they were so stuck in that victim and anger mindset. Those two mindsets will totally cock block you from seeing the opportunities that are available to you, by the way. So it can be very, very helpful to do this with a friend or a coach, because when we've been victimized for so long, we lose our mojo, our standards for ourselves get all warped. Like I remember accepting, um, I remember being shocked at how nice a friend's partner, an intimate partner was to them, just because I had been in a situation where it wasn't like the best relationship and it hadn't been for a long time. And I just kept on putting up with this degree of ambivalence from the person I was with And so to see that I had a friend who had a partner that wasn't ambivalent towards her and then me being like, oh, that's so nice. Like, oh, you've really found a gem. And what she said to me was, "Uh, Susanna, that's the bare minimum. Like, uh, yes, obviously that should be there in your relationship, but let's not celebrate the bare minimum level of respect that's required here. And that was a really big moment for me. So that's what I mean by creating a bigger and better vision of what your life can look like and what your relationships could look like, what your job could look like, like what you, how you might feel every single day. Like we get really granular with this stuff and it's so powerful, so powerful. Okay. The next thing. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say before I forget is, um, we are not just going for putting you back in the position you were in before. I don't believe in that. I think that if something shitty happens, it would be a waste not to figure out how to come out of it bigger and better. So because we're going for our target of success, happiness, and joy, we also have to figure out how we're going to create a life that actually brings you tons of those experiences. And that's where we have to start with the vision. That's why we start with the vision. Then we get to the how in a more granular fashion. Again, so step three is going to be devise and crucially implement the strategy or plan to make it happen. And there are three prongs of any good strategy or plan for this type of work that have to be there. The first one is the business prong. And by business, I I mean the practical stuff. So I'm now going to give you the example of how I didn't even know I was implementing this years ago when I did, but I did. So little backstory, I was dealing with, I would say I was dealing with just life experiences, being a human being for a while. Like I wasn't really a fully formed human. And I think just like every other human being on this planet, I had a smattering of positive experiences, but also some negative experiences. And I also had picked up some, you know, bullshit along the way, right? Like I was a people pleaser. I think I still probably am slightly a people pleaser. I was actually, that was probably my main problem, but I also had a lot of anxiety and I had a really fucked up self-concept and that created issues. And it created issues that I kind of didn't want to look at or didn't, it wasn't like, I just didn't, yeah, I didn't want to look at it. Didn't want to admit it for a long time. And then what ended up happening was there was this life event where a relation, an intimate relationship broke down. And it just was the straw that broke the camel's back. So I sort of felt like, Holy fuck. All of the tick boxes, the life tick boxes I wanted uh, are not there. And the most important one, the one that I felt made me the most worthy, which is total bullshit, by the way, like I'm not, this is not the message of the podcast, but the one that I was really worried about was my relationship status because I felt like that was really just crucially important. And I could probably sit there and dissect how that's a hangover of being a target of uh, relational aggression. And then also the hangover of that is that you, can also participate in it as well, which I'm not proud of. Bottom line is that I felt like in that moment, I had sort of reached the point where I needed to make a choice. Like I was fucking done with this victim thing, but I also needed to process it. So that's where I was. So the first thing I did was stop the loss. And that meant in that case, I'm severing, severing, ending that relationship in a respectful way. I had to recalibrate my expectations, as I've already told you, but I also had to make a decision that I was not just going to sit back and let life happen to me. I was going to take some positive steps. So the victimization stopping, the the fact I stopped being a victim just in life in general did require some work. And I worked with a, a therapist slash coach to help me through that. She was amazing. We went from therapy into coaching pretty quickly, um, but that was something that that needed to happen. And the other thing that needed to happen was I also needed to make sure that my side of the street was clean, meaning that I needed to make sure I wasn't inadvertently contributing to my own issue, which goes back to me saying I had to make a choice to stop letting life just happen to me and be a little bit more of an active creator in my life to use life code speak. But yeah, to actually take the bull by the horns and take some action and not just expect everything to happen. That meant I needed to create a bigger and better vision for my life, which I did. Then when it came to the implementing and sort of planning how I'm going to do this, I looked at the three things. So the business end, which was my practical side, there were a couple of things that needed to happen. I took care of, you know, finances, like mortgage and stuff like that. Like I kind of managed to get myself a good financial plan, which was great. Then I also decided to decorate my condo. Like I was living in a condo that basically looked like I was only going to be staying there for two months. Like I hadn't really settled down and turned it into a home or as my, my coach and I put it like my my treat yourself, you know, like on Parks and Rec, like my sanctuary, like I wanted it to be like my spa at home. I wanted it to be my sacred place. And so I made that happen. That was from the business end of things. From the social side, I had to manage the fallout of that intimate relationship. And I had to manage the fact that I had previously been quite public about my relationship to all anyone who cared to follow me on Facebook at that time. So I felt a lot of shame about being single again. And I had to manage that, but also I felt like I needed to manage the reputational components of being single again and the relationship having broken down because people love the juice, right? Like they love the gossip. They love to know what happened. So that was something I needed to manage. And I needed to think about that from a brand perspective. And I was thinking about it also from a public relations perspective of like, okay, like how is this going to reflect on me and my plans? Then I had to think about that. So that's the social side. So we've got the business side. We've got the social side. Then I had to think about my internal experience of it, my individual experience of this whole situation, which is the third prong you need to think about when you're looking at ways that you're going to plan and implement and things you need to consider and include in your planning. So I had to think about how am I going to prevent myself from ever falling in this trap ever again? That was one of my main things. And I also had to manage the fact that my comeback was not going to be linear, which meant that it wasn't like it was just going to keep on getting better and better and better every single day. There were going to be dips. It was going to be like a little bit of a roller coaster for a while. And it was, I needed to manage that. So I put in plans and implementation strategies to manage all of those things. And what ended up happening was I felt like things turned around for me in record time. Like I was expecting, I was subscribing to the sex in the city, Charlotte, York saying, you have to mourn the loss of your relationship for half of the length of the relationship, or that's how long it takes to get over somebody, something like that. I was thinking like, oh fuck, like I'm in this for a while, but it was a fraction of the time. That's the power I think of really good coaching because the coaching it's not to say that you're just going to sail through and get what you want. You're going to have to do the work to get there. And a good coach isn't going to do it for you. A good coach is going to help you do it yourself so that you build those skills and you don't become codependent on the coach. But I got there faster. And went, like I got to my, my goal a lot faster. And when I did get there, the other thing I noticed was that my experience was a lot nicer. And part of it was I knew I wasn't in it alone. I knew I had someone that I could trust there with me, helping me stand up for my agenda and, you know, help me get there, help me be accountable. But the other thing was, is that I, I also knew I had that support if I needed it, which was incredible. And that is exactly the kind of thing that I now do for my clients. So that is, that is the strategy. That is the comeback strategy, the ultimate happiness strategy. It is those three things And if you guys want some more information on this, jump on my email list. If you're not on it already, jump on it because I give these little insights from time to time. And I'm awful, by the way, at emailing um, regularly. So I will not be spamming your inbox. But the other thing that's really good about my email list is that my email list is the very first place that I announce anything new that I'm doing. And it's also the first place that I offer any early bird discounts. So make sure you hop on that list. And until next time, I'm going to keep improving. Let me know. Get in touch with me on Instagram. Come have a chat with me and let me know how you are doing the messy business of self-improvement. But I will talk to you next time. Have a really great day. And thanks for hanging out with me.